Today's episode is brought to you by Second Home, a workspace and cultural venue in the heart of Hollywood. The two-acre campus includes indoor and outdoor workspaces, garden offices, conference and meeting room space, a roof deck, and an on-site restaurant. Second Home is designed to cultivate creativity and collaboration. Whether you need a writer's room, temporary office, or a longer-term solution for you or your team, the campus, which is covered in plants and natural light, creates a unique and motivating environment just a few steps away from Sunset and Western. Let Second Home set the scene and leave the storytelling to you. Book a tour now by visiting secondhome.io slash Hollywood or emailing membership.hollywood at secondhome.io. Welcome to In the Envelope, a podcast from Backstage, the one-stop shop for actors and creators both above and below the line. I am your host, Vinny Mancuso, Backstage Senior Editor and Professional Entertainment Obsessive. I'll be your guide through every corner of the creative industry with the help of some of your favorite stars. Here you'll find intimate, in-depth talks with today's most award-worthy names in film, television, and theater. Along the way, we'll get advice on living your best creative life, relatable stories of the highest highs and lowest lows, and maybe, just maybe, a rare peak in the envelope. Theater is, for an actor, I think it's needed for life. To go through the experience of being an actor in life, theater can be very useful. Because what happens in theater just happens in theater, which is that encounter, that moment where you are in front of an audience, when it's not just about your process, but your process gets affected by the way it's received. Welcome to In the Envelope, the Actors Podcast. I am your host, Vinny Mancuso, and I am absolutely thrilled that joining us today is the wonderful Diego Luna. Now, Diego's been a bit of an icon in his native Mexico since he was like seven years old, uh, but many of you may have first met him in probably the greatest road trip movie of all time, uh, 2001's Y Tu Mama Tambien, and maybe even more of you first met Diego in, of course, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Diego is returning to Star Wars with Andor, debuting on Disney Plus. Uh, and we sat down with him about a week out from the show and also like 40 minutes before he presented at this year's Emmy Awards. Uh, so his excitement is palpable and we covered a lot. Uh, that includes the pretty wild way he got into acting in the first place, uh, honing his craft on stage in Mexico, all the way up to the Star Wars franchise where he's actively working to make this galaxy far, far away feel just a bit more human. It's a truly, truly delightful conversation, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. So let's just get into it. Here is Diego Luna. So how's it going? It's all good, man. All good. I mean, we are uh, very close uh, to be releasing the show and, uh, and showing it to the audience which is something I, I can't wait for, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, like, of... you know, what's your, what's, how do you usually spend the, uh, the last sort of on ramp onto like, you know, you've done the work, 
you've thought it over you've you've done the the creative process now it's like let's show the world how do you like to spend that sort of weird bubble that in between time uh well the thing is with 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 a with a series is very different you know mm-hmm. uh, i'm still working on it uh i'm still like doing uh the spanish um mm-hmm. the spanish dialogue uh recording that uh you know doing all the looping and uh um for for the show to be to be shown in in latin america and uh even in the states there's many people that actually watch it in spanish so uh i'm doing i'm, I'm voicing the character revoicing the character you know mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, an interesting process uh so i'm doing that in mexico we're not done yet with the whole with the with the twelve episodes. I'm working in something else, which always helps, you know. Mm-hmm. Being so being being in do you're just playing another role, getting your head like around another project, another story is important because there's nothing else I can actually do, you know. Mm-hmm. Besides trying to tell people why people should watch it, there's yeah. something that has to happen in the moment. You're not in control anymore, and it belongs to the audience, you know. Uh, that and and that's when when you're just witnessing mm-hmm. uh which which is a lovely feeling too when you're proud of what you did uh when you're sure of uh when when you understand what decisions are behind the project it's mm-hmm. it's wonderful you know as an actor you many times you don't know what project you you've been part of you know mm-hmm. as an actor you're invited to to a very short period of the process uh a crucial one but uh, but very short, you know. Many times you arrive and most decisions have been made. You perform, you think you did something, but then they go edit, and and it's like rewriting, you mm-hmm. know. When you go editing, uh, it's like rewriting with the with the all the tools and uh, all the material you gave, but at the end, uh, someone reimagines the the story. So many times as an actor, you are waiting. <laughs> for for the release also to to understand what you've been part of mm-hmm. uh, but in this case for me it's different because I, I got involved as a producer therefore i've been part of the show from from the beginning you know from day one and i understand almost everything like it feels very very much my project you know it feels as mine as, as it is tony's or sana's or Kathleen mm-hmm. or anyone that has been there since day one because I understand why we're going this way and not another way. I understand why we're working with these people, you know, why the team is is, is this one. I went through the struggle of getting here, you know, and mm-hmm. I know we've done the best we can. Uh, so in, the, in that way, it's easier than in other projects, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. where where you, you struggle with uh, probably with the, the idea of being ready, you know, because yeah. it's easy to stay there. It's easy to stay yeah, there, yeah, yeah. you know, fixing and polishing and fixing and polishing and, and, and rethinking stuff and, and giving yourself another chance and then bringing a different kind of music and uh, a different style of editing and, and, and trying that out and, and testing. Testing is great, but it could be, it, it could get you completely lost, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I would say that uh, in, with this show, it's, different than with anything else I've done ever, you know? Mm-hmm. Normally you spend this time trying to convince people that they have to watch what you what you just yeah. made. It's like, trust know? trust me, trust, trust uh-huh. me, yeah. Please, and, and you're trying to get people's attention, you mm-hmm. know? And you mm-hmm. go to talk shows and try to make show, uh, and you go to talk shows and you try to make 
jokes mm-hmm. and uh, and tell stories that have nothing to do with the show. So you get a chance at the end to say, "No, oh, by the way, yeah. it's next Friday." You need, that, you need that joke to go viral, so people are like, "Oh, that sounds like an interesting little side project." Who's that guy? What is he talking about? Let's let's see him in whatever he's doing. You know, yeah. but uh, uh, and with with this show is very special. You know, the universe of Star Wars has so much attention and expectation. Uh, there's people that out there that really want to love the project. They're waiting for it. Mm-hmm. They've been waiting for a long time. They have. And they make you aware of that, which is the beautiful part of this, you know. To, to me, that's that's very special. And again, nothing I've lived before, nor I would expect from any other project, you know, uh, that I, I get so many messages every day of like, oh my God, we can't wait, we can't wait. It's quite, yeah, quite unique and special. So here is is about making sure we deliver the right information for people to be expecting what what they should you know and not something mm-hmm. else yeah. sort of like how how andor is, is is a bit of an origin story it's a character seeing how they got there i kind of want to get a sense of uh your origin story as as an actor and how you got to this place you are because it sounds like you're in a place a great place of control and of, of you're sort of settled into this role as producer actor but i, I i'm very interested in the, the journey that brought you there starting all the way at the beginning, I believe you started doing plays and such. You were seven years old, eight years old, doing plays, and I'm I'm curious what some of those plays were, and what was the 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 first push into acting for you? What was the sort of um, moment of genesis, or what what sort of pushed you towards towards acting, basically? For me, you know what, acting was about belonging to a world that I wanted to be part of, which was my father's. You know? Uh, acting was about being part of the theater in a in an active way. Uh, you know, I was there witnessing. Obviously, I, I was born in the theater. My father would, would take me everywhere. My mom died when I was two years old, so uh, my father had to play both roles. And and I was used to go to the theater. You know, to go to school during the day and then catching up with my dad at the theater and spending my whole afternoon there, you know, while he was working and uh, being around and watching the rehearsals, but also getting out and spending my time with the people working, you know, uh, in that world, in that universe, not just the actors, but the technicians. And uh, mm-hmm. and and there was a, the, the school was behind. It was like this cultural complex in, in Mexico that I used to be most of the time, either the one in the university or the one called the, the, the National Theater one, basically. And uh, and that was life. And I just wanted to make sure I could belong in a way I was needed also. Uh, you know, this, this feeling, this orphan feeling uh, of like, well, someone's going to take away my dad too, so I should mm-hmm. do something about it, you know? And being in the theater was was the way to to make sure uh yeah I, I was i was there and uh the first thing i did was i was uh six years old mm-hmm. it was in 80 85 and uh, uh, a very important director in mexico uh died a year before uh, or that year and uh his name was julio castillo so in the national theater they decided to to put two of his most iconic place. Mm-hmm. You know, one was called De La Calle and the other was called The Pelicula. And The Pelicula was really interesting and it's the one I, I participate on. Uh, and it was like, you would sit down in a theater and in front of you, there was like all the chairs of a cinema. So you would be like 
you know, mm-hmm. it, it felt like a mirror, you know, in front of you, you had all these like cinema, you were looking like if you were standing in the screen, looking at the audience, That's you really know, cool. the cinema. Yeah. And the, and the whole play was about that cinema and how life passed for this director in that cinema. Uh, and I, uh, and his son used to play this role, which was a little boy that would come in and, and witness the whole play from the inside. And, and the boy had a few lines at the end. And the boy represented the director, you know, and he was talking about the cinema he grew up in and how he saw life pass through the films he watched there and the experiences he had there. And um, anyway, so uh, when when the director died, his son was too old to play the role. Mm -hmm. And uh, and a very important director in Mexico called Luis de Tavira was going to coordinate the the show, the, the play, uh, or directed again, but trying to direct it the way the way Julio would have done it, and uh, and I was basically one of the only actors that came in to a team that knew each other, mm-hmm. and he invited me because he was with my dad talking at home. Uh, they used to work a lot together, and uh, and my father was programming the theater, the National Theater, in that moment. Besides doing set designing, he he was doing that too. So he came down the stairs and he saw me, Luis de Tavira saw me and said like, you want to do a play? And I went like, oh, well, yeah, but I mean, I, 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 I would need my dad to say yes. So he went up and talked to my dad and uh, my dad wasn't really excited about it, but also he knew he couldn't stop it because, mm-hmm. he, you know, he, he was taking me every day to the theater. It was my family. I knew all these people and uh, he could not say no, I guess, you know, yeah. And uh, and he said, yes, 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 if, if he keeps going to school, yes. So the first thing I did was like a national theater, mm-hmm. big production, you know, not meant for kids. It was a three-hour show, you know. Uh, there was a moment where, uh, like, all the actors, we got nude, you know, and we're representing the 70s. And I remember walking completely naked at six years old and giving a flower to a person in the audience. And when, uh, you, when and, you start like that, like that's, that's a, great, <laughs> it's a great introduction to acting basically. So, yeah, I mean, and for me it was, was, I don't know what it was, but uh, uh, it was like uh, being part of a family, you know, it was a huge play. There was more than 20 actors. It's all the actors that are my reference today, you know, amazing, amazing actors. And uh, that, that I grew up watching that I learned a lot from and, uh, that were the best back then and are the best today. And I had the chance to to live that experience. And after that, for me, it was clear that going to school and doing all the stuff you expect from a kid was something I had to do to get there. You know, mm-hmm. I had to do to, to, to earn my chance to be part of that troupe. And, uh, and since then I started doing theater and uh, I didn't do TV until I was like 11 or 12. And cinema uh, too. I think the first stuff I did in cinema was at eleven. So I, I worked like a good five years doing stuff in the National Theater also because we were. I mean, there was a huge prejudice uh, around commercial projects, mm-hmm. you know, in my family. Uh, well, not in my family. My, you know, my father was like pretty much this guy that since very young was called maestro, you know. Uh, so, which, which, uh, I mean, can really, uh, mess you up, you know, but, uh, uh, my, the point is like, 
I was doing the best theater in Mexico and mm-hmm. uh, and I guess I was the only kid allowed to. So yeah. therefore I had no competition, <laughs> yeah. no, you know, or one of the only kids allowed to. And, 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 uh, and my friends were the, the sons and daughters of, of people doing theater, you know, mm-hmm. until today. Uh, I was going to ask if if that's sort of what you consider your, you know, quote unquote education, because there, there's, there's really no formal education there. So I'm curious, you know, how did you eventually settle on like what, you think of as acting or your quote unquote process Uh, is it sort of like you know just gathering things until whatever stuck or was there a moment where you were like i need to maybe figure out what my my actual process looks like i think my my process i i learned to to first of all in theater most of the time uh the the people you work with not just directors but actors too are teachers Mm -hmm. Uh, it's 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 quite common that uh, teachers are actually active. You know, they're not just teachers. You know, therefore, um, I always have mentors. You know, uh, when I was a kid, I was just like playing, I guess, mm-hmm. and, and learning from from just the experience. But later on, you know, as soon as I was like fifteen, sixteen, I started taking a lot of workshops, and I was allowed to go into into grown-ups would be going you know professional actors would go just for perfectioning techniques or mm-hmm. stuff like that and I, I would be allowed because i was a weird case you know i remember going to this place casa del teatro where many actors that were five six years older than than i am uh were going to and, and it's people i i now i work with and, and i see and i was there i was there i was just not allowed to be a, a, an official uh, student, mm-hmm. but I was there, and uh, I would say it had a lot to do with the the processes I I went on because I used to be part of a lot of of projects that were workshops, like six months, eight months workshops that would end on a theater play, uh, you know, as a result of the process. Uh, but I did, I did, and, and and my father pushed me to do that. I I, I did go to a lot of those. Uh, I mean, we call them uh, uh, talleres de perfeccionamiento actoral. I don't know how that would translate, but mm-hmm. but it is exactly that. It's like what, what you do after after you do uh, after you go through through university, and uh, you know what you do to keep keep working and keep polishing your techniques or learning new ones. Then I spent like two years in a project that was uh, basically a, a how do you say comedia del arte. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It was like a, it was a whole a whole school we did that ended up again in a project with the teachers uh, from France and Italy and Spain and uh, and we we created a company that uh, would go and improvise uh, in this technique in this mask technique mm-hmm. uh, and that I uh, I spent there two years on on, on that project. But I guess I guess the beauty of my job is that m- most of what really matters happens when you're doing it. You yeah, know? and uh, and if you have the right people uh, witnessing that, and 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 uh, and if you're if you have the openness to to allow someone to to guide you, you know, uh, and to me that's what theater is. Uh, cinema is different. In cinema mm-hmm. today, we have uh, shown that there's no way to get there. You know, 
Uh, I mean, today there's films with non-professional actors and mm -hmm. professional actors, and you can't see the difference. Uh, you, you, you see a film where a kid takes over, you know, and a seven-year-old you know, delivers the performance mm -hmm. uh, of the film. Uh, you, you, anyway, like, I think film, film is his own. But theater, no. In theater, you need structure. And that structure, I guess, uh, I got when I was from 14 to 21, you know, I would say. There was this 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 project, you know, there, there was this group of kids in on, on TV uh, when we started doing TV at 12. Uh, we were all sons and daughters of, of people from the theater. Mm -hmm. So our parents weren't like, okay, you can go do TV, uh, but if if it's going to be good for you, let's. So basically, they created a, a group, and a, uh, and we had to go to school basically every day in the afternoon, and they got us teachers, and we were part of a program uh, for 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 young actors uh, uh, for like two years, I guess. So I mean, it was insane. It was like paradise, you know. They would pay us mm -hmm. to go. Uh, every day from Monday to Friday, uh, three, four hours uh, to the school in the afternoons. And we would be teach, yeah, different techniques and, 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 uh, and music and, and dance. And like, yeah, we got a, it, it was, it was quite, a, quite a luxury quite an, to have quite an that. education. Yeah. That's incredible. And it, you know, I, I do this podcast and I talk to actors and I feel like one of the constants for a lot of people is, you know, they learned, like you said, the structure from doing theater. And then they carried that into other mediums like film, like television. And I, it's, it's just curious when I see the the constants throughout all these conversations, that seems to be one of them. And it seems to be like, you know, that's where you learned the platform to then go on to other things. Yeah, it is very different. I think I think theater, theater is, is uh, for an actor, I think it's needed for life. You know? mm -hmm. To go through the experience of being, being an actor in life theater can be very useful, you know, because w w what happens in theater just happens in theater, which is that encounter, that moment where you are in front of an audience, when it's not just about your process, but uh, your process gets affected by the way it's received by mm -hmm. an audience, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and that reminds you what, what we are here for, which is about communicating, you know, about connecting. The screen can alienate you a lot, you know, and and you can live in a in a bubble, uh, and and you have to be reminded that you're telling stories about those watching you. It's always about that, you know. It, it should, otherwise it becomes like a very self indulgent process where it's all about you or your bubble, your experience. Your, and, and the beauty of what we do is that we tell stories about what's in front of us, you know. So. One thing is to never lose the curiosity of, of of going out to that world, you know. But the other is to making sure you receive, you know, you receive from 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 those listening, uh, you receive that reaction. And theater reminds you that theater also uh, gives actors complete control, therefore complete responsibility. You know, the the way you 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 can see it, you know, you can see the way. Uh, an actor that has done theater kind of like protects the work, the team, the collaboration, the 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 atmosphere. You know, it's. Uh, I think I think that the, you know how fragile 
things can be, you know. Mm. Uh, uh, and uh, and when you manage to create something that matters, when you when you have a team, when you have a family, when you when understanding happens, you know how precious that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and cinema sometimes can let you go through the whole experience without actually witnessing it. You know, mm-hmm. in cinema, there's this thing where, you know, like which I'm completely against, to be honest. And I I, I try to avoid it as an actor and as a director and producer, which is keep the actors away. You know, keep the actors in a bubble where they can't. Uh, uh, where they don't really get to understand what they're part of, what's going on, what's happening, what the job of others is, uh, uh, what the struggles are, the challenges, you know. Um, and I, I, I think that's that's not just unfair, but uh, but it's a waste of, of, mm-hmm. of an opportunity. Absolutely. You know? uh, and theater is the opposite. In theater, you're in you're you're on the stage, and and the light goes. And you have to you have to come up with an idea of, mm-hmm. of, of, of you know you come in, in on on stage without the prop uh, that you need you know uh, and you have to come up with an idea of you know how to how to do it without the without the knife you know yeah, like yeah. oh my god shit what am I gonna do now and that brings that that triggers uh, a creativity that uh, in an actor that makes you different you know that makes you and 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 to me that's that's the beauty of collaboration is what, what people can bring that you were not expecting, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and that happens every night in theater. Also actors are in complete control. You know, the, 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 the story happens to you from beginning to end. Therefore you understand the long, the long run. You understand that this is about that arc, you know, uh, and then you can go to cinema and, and, and do bits and pieces of a puzzle mm-hmm. uh, with the knowledge of, of that, I was that long run, you know, I was going to ask how, like, you know, this is all fascinating. And then it's like, how does that translate to something like Andor, which, you know, uh, piggybacking off of that to the to the current day? How do you find those pockets of, of you know, of instantaneous creativity and, and improvisation and stuff like that when it's such a massive controlled project that is that is that needs to be sort of a gigantic product and not a specific piece of art? I tell you one thing. Uh for me, it wasn't that way, you mm-hmm. know. This show, more than anything else, I've done uh, out of my control because, like, this is not done by my company nor produced by me. I mean, I'm an executive, but it's not produced from my company, you know. Uh, I would say we had all the freedom that we wanted it to to make this a project that we 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 felt we own, you know, in in many ways. And even though there is so many rules. And yeah. uh, and there is so many uh, um, approvals to get and whatever. By the moment we were on set, we were in complete control, and we had the chance to explore there. You know, there was still something to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, things were not contrived in a way that you you have no room to move. You know, mm-hmm. we would get to set and explore different possibilities of doing one scene. We would. Also improvise, you know, we, I mean, we were in COVID time, so we, not not everyone was there, but we, I remember calling Tony Gilroy many times from set saying like, you know what, I'm feeling this is wrong and we should go this other way. What if I use this, uh, like 
you know, in a, in a, in a different way than what it's written. We're, uh, we're, we're missing a, a moment here and we would be collaborating till the moment of shooting, you know, and coming up with ideas, trying different options also, you know, making sure they would have options on, on the editing room to go one way or the other. And I would say that uh, Tony Gilroy uh, and, uh, and Sana did a great job in not just the casting of the of the of the series of, of the cast but also of like choosing all the people around all the designers and people working behind the camera uh, it was it was people that uh, understand how like a small and independent set works like mm-hmm. you know and we kept that energy you know that energy through the whole through the whole way uh there was yes the the Andorra has this huge scope, you mm-hmm. know, and um, huge scope, and it has this this all this action and and uh, adventure that you expect in Star Wars. But then we go to very intimate moments, scenes that are just about two characters talking about you know love and relations. Uh, uh, you you see them in their most like intimate spaces you know just behaving and living you know and those moments were treated like like that like in a in a very realistic way you know Mm -hmm. where things had to make sense you know it wasn't like well you have to hold this thing because it was designed for this moment Mm -hmm. and uh, and then you have to walk there and get into the cockpit and do this because it's the way you know the the ship moves and 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 we want to sell a toy that looks just exactly like this no none of that like because that's that those are the the cliches and stuff people yeah. think about when 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 they think about these huge projects no we would get to to a set and we would say like what's the best way to use this place and mm-hmm. to make it look real uh and uh you know like actions are are have to they have a logic you know mm-hmm. uh, oh, and that yeah. logic is understood not just by us but by the designers too um, i was gonna ask i'm curious because you know your your father designed sets right that's sort of the the that's that's what he did i'm wondering you know this, this it sounds like you, you you are an actor who loves to look at their environment and say what can we do with this and that's that i just sort of see the through line of how you know your, your father introduced you to to the theater and he was a set designer and production design is such important i'm wondering what that through line is, is how much you respect the set and respect the world and respect the things around you in the scene. How much of that is a through line from, from how you learned theater? Uh, I mean, a lot, a lot to me that, that, that is a a big thing in, in, in cinema or like the idea of being really, really close connected to, to the set designer, to the costume designer, because uh, it's you, you can't build a character if there's not a logic around him you know in terms of what he wears uh where he, like the the place he he where he exists you know it has to make sense and we i mean michael is the the, the costume designer and luke mm-hmm. the set designer or or the production designer and uh those two are just genius but truly genius man i mean like incredibly specific about everything you know there's a reason for everything one of the 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 things that was repeated the most in on set and by tony and everyone is like this has to be real this has to look real uh, as real as a galaxy far far away can look you know so uh, i remember for example being in, in the kitchen of the house and everything worked and there was a, a logic and uh, and i could operate there 
and I actually fix myself a breakfast, you know, <laughs> then the, that scene is happening. You know, mm-hmm. it's not that I'm in front of a weird machine that suddenly pops something out and I eat it. No, 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 no. There is a whole logic and, you know, uh, that can keep you active for a full two minute scene in front of a kitchen. And, uh, and, uh, and someone thought about that. That that to me makes a big difference, you know, uh, because it's 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 basically the difference between seeing a, a film, seeing someone pretending to be someone, mm-hmm. or being able to witness reality, you know, because a camera was placed in an angle that allows you to see someone actually living, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's 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 something we we were very worried uh, on the show. Because obviously, yeah, the ideas are very out there, you know, and these these planets and the universe is is is, is out there. But uh, at the same time, we are telling the story of the real people in this in this universe. You know, there's no Jedi's here. There is no. This is people just surviving, and it has to be as grounded as possible. And uh, and the work of 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 the set designing and 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 the costume designing plays a a huge role. Uh, on that you know the costumes you know you know you, you've seen the costumes of star wars they're so interesting and cool and weird also and you know full of little like pockets and things and gadgets and stuff well here none of those gadgets nor pockets were there because they look cool mm-hmm. they had a reason you know so there was something there you know, if you put your hand inside one of those pockets, you can bring something out. And it's something you might be using in the scene. Therefore, there's a reason for that stuff. It looks cool. Yes. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It does look cool. Of that, yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, and, and that's the, the work of, of, of designers that spend a long time thinking and, and, and throwing ideas mm-hmm. and working closely with the writing, you know, uh, which is it's something I, I I love talking about because... It's what makes Tony Gilroy different, you know. Tony Gilroy doesn't go to his like cabin in the woods and writes yeah. and then sends the material, uh, and you have to interpret that and, and do it, you know. He, for example, one thing that 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 he does is that he can't write a scene if he doesn't know the space where mm-hmm. the scene happens. Therefore, he has to meet with the production designer first and talk about. You know, like I'm I'm in a hotel room at the moment and this scene is happening in this couch in front of these fruits that were given to me and this table uh, and uh, my bed is over there. And so he, he needs to know where the bed is, where the table is, where the couch is, why, mm-hmm. why the, 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 the windows are are there and not in the other, on the other wall, uh, what's outside. So they, they design the, the place together. They talk about the place. And once he he can he has a, a drawing of the place you know a map of of, yeah, of, yeah. of the place, then he starts writing. Therefore, every action he writes has a purpose in space. I love that. You know? That's fascinating. And, uh, and 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 when he's writing, it's all he's already collaborating. It's not it's not a one man show. There's a production designer that now is part of that idea. Mm-hmm. And as an actor, when I read that. I can't question that the character goes to the window there because the window will be there, you know? So I'm already thinking about what's next, mm. what the possibilities are of uh, how many way, different ways I can find to go to that window. But I know I have to go to that window and uh, therefore there's clarity for me. 
but what I mean is that once when he writes something, he's already collaborating and you're already part of it. And there's something there for you to do. Very specific, very clear. And, uh, and that's someone that uh, understands uh, cinema the way it should be, you know, the richness of this collaboration and what this diversity can bring, you know, of mm. diversity of voices and, and perspectives can bring. I, I, I think, I think it's, um, it's quite interesting to, to see the result of that because the way people talk about this show, you know, and I'm talking about the team, you don't find often, you, mm. know? you don't find often actors and, and uh, uh, designers uh, composer, uh, producers, uh, talking about a show as if they were talking about the most personal thing, you know, and and it's it has a lot to do with with the way Tony approaches collaboration. Incredible. Well, I I know that I have to let you go, and this was this was all so fascinating. If if you could just answer very quickly, because this is something I'm yes. very curious, very curious about. Um, you know, I I have to assume that there's a sort of uh, sense of release when you play. A character's death. So I'm very curious what your experience was like, sort of the first time you you reacquainted yourself with Cassian, or it, what that what it was like to come back to a character that you had sort of already let go. It was really interesting. It sounded very challenging, also because I wasn't invited to be to go back to Cassian. Mm-hmm. I was invited to to tell you what happened in the story of Cassian together. Therefore to build a very different character, you know, that could end there, you know? In fact, that, that would make sense that it ends there, but uh, it, it triggers again, creativity in a different way, you know? How far can you go from that uh, without making it unreal, you know? You have to believe at the end that he went through that journey and ended up sacrificing everything for a cause, but how far can you go? Uh, it, it's interesting because also it allows us to, to tell very intimate stories that uh, that you don't know. It's like approaching a historical piece, you know? When you know something, an event happened or a character existed that you know did this, but now a, a film or, or, or a series is going to tell you what you don't know, right? I, I love historical I love historical films, and, and, and I, I always thought of this as one it's like, okay, we know there's these characters that did this very special mission and that sacrificed themselves and that were important for, for you know, for the whole story to, to, to happen. Uh, but no one has asked why, why they were the ones that were willing to do that and, and uh, what makes them different than anyone else in the rebellion, you know, what makes this team so special and what makes this man so confident and, 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 and so uh, clear. And to me, that's when there's a need for, for us in this universe, you know, because we can bring you a realistic story of how you could be part of change. You could be part of a revolutionary act. Uh, how much can we bring this character to the ground you and I, you, you and I belong to, you know, uh, how, how much can we remind you that this guy is just a regular guy, you know, and, uh, 
And that to me, it's great because no one approaches like yeah. uh, films this big or, or projects this big saying, let's do a bear. Let's do the story of a regular person. You know, you normally you want to go like, oh, but this guy is very special because of this and that. And this guy is wow. No, here, here, what we have to remind you is that it, it was, it was a guy you wouldn't think could do something like this. It's a guy that could be in the same room you are and you wouldn't come out saying, oh my God, that day I met him because he said this and oh my God, the way he talked to me and looked at me. No, 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 no. This is the guy that has been always there in that room and no one paid attention to him uh, and he found the strength to do something extraordinary. Amazing. Uh, I love that. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, Diego, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. This was a thrill. Uh, we cannot wait for Andor. Uh, and we can't wait to see whatever is next for you. It's always a pleasure seeing you on screen. We hope to see many, many, many more examples of it. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, as always, to our brilliant producer, Jamie Muffet, and to the whole team at Backstage, Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and of course, Casey Howe. Visit Backstage.com, and don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage with code ENVELOPE at checkout for a free trial. 100% free, you simply cannot beat that. For more exclusive content, find us on Facebook and Twitter, at InTheEnvelope, and subscribe, share, and leave a comment. Who should we interview next to let us know? Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for another peek in the envelope.